Hey there, it's Joe Keyport, and you're listening to the Ear Coffee Podcast. For this week's episode, I talked to Luke Hendricks of the New Jersey punk act Teenage Halloween about the band's fantastic new self-titled record. Released in September of this year, Hendricks says this record is about mental health and queer struggles. During the conversation, we discuss the band's beginnings, their growth, and a not-so-brief aside to talk about gear. It's Luke Hendricks of Teenage Halloween on the Ear Coffee Podcast. Luke, how's it going here tonight? Great. Yeah, no, I'm doing awesome. I um, have had a really busy day and overall it's been really nice. So I'm, I've been happy because like New Jersey has been really hot this fall so far. And today's the first like much cooler day. Oh, really? Nice. Cause it's, yeah. And that's the best. It's, it's been chilly for like the last like week and a half here in Minnesota. So like anytime we get some sort of sunshine right now, it's been like, Ooh, this is really nice. Yeah. So we have opposite <laughs> dilemmas. Yeah. And- I, um, I've actually, I actually envy what Minnesota has weather-wise. I really like the snow okay. and the cold. So that would, that is definitely, um, definitely seems like a really, really like amazing place for me personally because I always <laughs> liked Vermont and I always liked the Upper Midwest. So okay, yeah. Um, you said your day was you had a busy day. Is it like a good busy kind of day or like uh, one of those like you're just constantly going? I'm good busy. Okay. I um I I was like sending out cassettes today, like like answering fan cam orders, and then I was doing a bunch of emailing, and then I was recording some stuff because I'm doing a comp, and I was recording a cover, and that's about it. Yeah, I was okay. just kind of like, kind of just like on the go today, but it felt really productive, and it's like. Oh, no, and it's nice out, so I have no complaints. (laughs) No complaints. Well, let's get into it. Um, I always want to know how people got into making music, just because I feel like everybody, or at least a lot of people, have always played an instrument at some point in their life, but there's like that select group, few groups of people who decide to like get out of the bedroom and into kind of like making music and playing in bands and stuff like that. So take me through kind of your history with music and through kind of today. Um, with music, I actually, um, I actually started when I was really young, like 11 or 12 with playing guitar and throughout high school, I was in like, like just local punk fans that weren't very good. And we, um, we just like kept going and I learned a lot of music through going to like guitar lessons, but also a lot of my musical knowledge has been gained just with playing with other people. And throughout like my youth, I was fortunate enough to be around a lot of people that started bands that were like, even if they're like weird, like metal bands or like weird rock bands, it was still like bands locally Mm -hmm. because living in a suburb is always like weird gray area for if there's a music thing or not. And we have one near us. So, I kind of just like gained all the musical knowledge that I have, though it is limited through just playing a lot of music with friends throughout like high school. Okay. How quickly from like learning how to play your instrument to were you hopping into playing shows? I would say hopping into playing shows took, um, took longer because that we um, kind of like, we didn't really have a lot of friends in the scene at the time. So we were kind of making our own scene. And I would say that maybe like, because I started playing when I was 11 or 12. I think my first show I ever played was when I was like 15 years old or 16. 
in like a um in a club in Asbury Park. And I also like did a talent show once before that. So that's about it. Gotcha. Um so then when did Teenage Halloween form officially? Because I, I thought I thought I saw somewhere that the band has been around for like six, five or six years at this point. Yeah, yeah. We um we formed in twenty fourteen. I was about sixteen or seventeen. And we um like our first time ever playing was as a full band was in um October of twenty fourteen. But like in the earlier that year I was like a solo artist and then I got two friends that I met in like that recent point, like from like shows in the scene and we, we got the band together and started as a three piece band, just guitar, bass and drums and then added saxophone mm. and then just like kept playing from there. Like we kind of since we were all in high school bands and like had our like small, small name and like our own little local scene, we kind of like hopped on like a, a fun show that our friend KPG booked us like, like, and it was like the first show we got to play and it was just kind of like, we got asked, it wasn't us asking. So we got lucky in that regard, but we definitely didn't practice before it. So <laughs> it, was, it was a fun, silly first show, but it was like, it was rad because our band like since we were all like already doing stuff we kind of just like we kind of just jumped right into it and like tried to play as much as possible annoy as many friends with show houses as possible and really just we we really tried to get out there like from the get-go okay uh does so teenage halloween is from asbury park is at and you talked a little you mentioned a little earlier that you were kind of forming your own scene around you uh yeah. Is there a lot of house venues or like in I don't really know much about the East Coast. Uh so like here in Minnesota, house venues are at right now they or pre-COVID obviously, were a dime a dozen. It was really yeah. nice to be able to be like instead of going to like the big mainstream venue, I could go to like four different houses in one night and see like every good band in the city. Is that kind of how how did that work especially when you're coming up in Asbury Park? Um, I would say that we we had limited house venues. We actually were like when when we were really young, we always called random places and asked if we could have shows and like the one person out of like thirty that bit we would have like a one time show there, try and like have like little shows in different places because that we didn't have a lot. We were all really young, so our scene was our scene is mostly a bar scene. So mm. the reason that we had to like start our own thing when we were younger was because that we had nowhere to play. So the um after maybe like a couple months of being a band, we ended up breaking a lot more into the New Brunswick scene, which is like 40 minutes above us. And that's like all house venues. There's like 10 to 15 houses a semester. It's gone down since like 2014 for sure because of like, because DIY sometimes gets like scattered, but um, it it's definitely like the part of New Jersey with the most um, with the most thriving scene yet. And um, we we were um, we were lucky to be um, we were lucky to break into that scene because that gave us more of an idea of like DIY scenes that are already established instead of like just thinking that everything we think and do is right and like is like beneficial to the community. So, like, going into another scene was, like, definitely the most important passage for us. Okay. 
Um, when uh, Teenage Halloween formed, were you just like a, like a four piece? I know you said you mentioned you had some horns. I I feel like I read or listened to somewhere that you the band was up to almost twelve members at one point. Yeah, yeah, we um we actually had um we actually we actually had up to um twelve members at one point, and it was like a um it was like crazy. We did a tour to Pooza Fest in um in Canada one time. And that was a 11 piece tour and it was like three days. Oh, wow. And yeah, no, it was fun. We just, um, but yeah, no, we, we've tried to break that wall and be more of an established project than just like a cacophony of instruments. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, no, for the first couple of years of the band, it was like, whoever wants to play with us can. And it's like, just like a very punk thing that we were trying to put together. Like, just like a, we're all a bunch of young people that don't have like shit going on. Let's just keep having more and more friends come on stage with us and play. Okay. I was, it, it was funny cause I was listening through, um, eternal, uh, roast earlier and I was just like, all the horns were yeah. super fun. Cause like, so I play trombone in a band here in Minneapolis. And so being cool. able to hear trombone and horns in like, in like a rock and punk context was super fun. Cause you always hear like, in, for me, the context of horns were always like you hear you think of like classic rock bands like Chicago or some of those bands where it's like yeah. more pop and like loungy horns than it was like it's aggressive in your face or even like thinking ska that too. But it was kind of really cool to be yeah, like, no, they, there it is. Definitely, I was um, lucky enough. Like the first shows I went to when I was young were ska shows. So the um, actually the the thing that made me really excited about having horns in the band was the intensity that I used to see horns go in like a live setting. And that was my absolute favorite thing. Like I just, um, I loved how horns sounded in punk bands and it was pretty much normalized to me since I was young. So like there was a lot of people that I met when I was first playing that were like not used to a band like that. And since I was going to ska shows when I was young, I was just like, Oh, this is like the norm. So I kind of just jumped into it like like pretty blindsided because that was like the first punk scene I was part of when I was seeing horns all the time. Gotcha. Outside of teen- yeah. outside of Teenage Halloween, you play in a couple other bands, Kissies, and then is it Magic Grelin? Is how you pronounce that? Magic Grelin. Grelin, sorry. I, I knew I was going to pronounce yeah. the R-E, but uh, are you the primary songwriter in all three of those bands? I'm only the... um. I, I play um I play in all those bands. I'm definitely not the primary songwriter. Pretty much in any of the bands actually cuz like here's Halloween, I just write the lyrics and the chords, but everyone else does their own thing. Okay. And it's um it's very very it's different than it was for Eternal Rose. It was a little more composed by me at that point and like Eli and Hakim, but now it's like the whole band composes everything together and stuff. Like this new record has been like completely like around the group mm. and um but yeah for um kissies and magic relin it's also a collaborative i've i was at first definitely like the primary songwriter of teenage halloween but that needed to change and we and, and all the other bands that i was in like i just like working with people more than being like just a like a like a controlling figure like we all try very hard to do it together 
Gotcha. Because I was, I was wondering with being in so many bands, especially since uh, Magic Ghrelin and Teenage Halloween have more similarities, obviously, than Kissies. Uh, I was wondering yeah. how you differentiate. Do you write lyrics for both? Are you the main lyricist then for both Magic Ghrelin and Teenage Halloween? Or how does that work? I I would say I'm the main lyricist for Teenage Halloween. But for Magic Ghrelin, it's more like we kind of like all view lyrics in our group chat and like talk about them and stuff like talk about like the things we're gonna tackle stuff and like 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 content to tackle upon and stuff and like with magic rowan it's like a three songwriter band where it's like three different people bringing songs to the table and lyrics so that um the teenage halloween has more like like anthemic and like theatrical vibe while magic rowan is more of like a straightforward four-piece rock and roll band okay gotcha. yeah yeah with, with teenage halloween it's like more um we try and like orchestrate things more and make it more of like a like like a show too and then for um like with all the instruments having their own space and stuff and with magic rowan it's more of just like a just straightforward like punk mm. like tune. like it's it's definitely i like that band because it's like Guy and Justin, who both also sing in Magic Rowan, are, like, in some of my favorite local bands. So we all kind of, like, got together and, like, made just kind of, like, we jokingly call it, like, a DIY supergroup in our town. It's like, but, yeah, it's kind of like that. We all have other bands that we do okay. and tour with. That's And sick. then Magic Rowan's kind of, like, our local band. Okay. So I was wondering how, how you would potentially compartmentalize which songs are meant for, like, teenage halloween and which songs go other places but it doesn't sound like you really have to worry that much about it since you work you've worked so collaboratively with those other bands yeah. plus teenage halloween i kind yeah of, yeah sometimes sometimes the bands sound um kind of similar and they just end up that way mm-hmm. it's kind of like it, the songs kind of just end up happening which is like a which is very very cool but i guess that the ones i sing i make kind of my five so they probably seem very similar sometimes gotcha um yeah making going from eternal roast which you composed and wrote was what was it like moving away from that into the collaborative element with the rest of the band then uh with teenage halloween did you feel was that just always what you wanted to do or did you did you have to have some like sit down with the band and be like, Hey, I'd like everybody involved here with this as we create the next release. Oh no. We actually, as a band have been, have been very hardcore trying to, um, we as a band have been very hardcore trying to like, just keep like write a lot differently and, um, just like try and like try and just evolve as a band. And the only way to evolve as a band is to work together so we kind of just naturally progressed into that more of that kind of project. Mm, okay. Um. So was is it so? Is Teenage Halloween like the first? Because you mentioned that you really wanted it to just like because you grew up going to ska shows and the horns were a big part yeah. of that first EP. Did you go? Was going into the studio? How was that? Because you was this like was that record one of the first times you had gone into a studio as a as a band or? Had you been had studio experience prior to releasing Eternal Roast? Um, I would say that we we had a a demo that we made, and then we um we had like only like 
two horns on it. They were kind of in your face, but for a turtle roast, we definitely planned to make that the most like in your face horn record mm-hmm. where it was like more of like a, definitely more of a horn based thing. Cause the, uh, there was one point where we had a, um, where we had like an ensemble horn group where it was like trombone trumpet and saxophone and our trombone player also played flute so it was like just like this wild wild horn section thing going on Mm -hmm. and then for the next record because that the um the like trombone player got like a a real job and our trumpet player moved away and went to college we just had the saxophone so it kind of just evolved into like like a lot more harmonious than just like a horn band so it's definitely for the, this record definitely feels more like a um like a band with horns instead of like kind of like a horn led band gotcha because I, yeah i was wondering why i because if you if you jump from eternal roast right into the self-titled one thing that'll catch you right away especially with those first three or four songs is how like ferocious the record is sonically right off the bat. It's definitely, as you just said, it's no longer a horn-led band. It's a band with horns. Um, so, were was it was it primarily when you went into the, coming into this record? Were you looking to make something m- more stripped down and bare bones? Or um, I know you mentioned that you um, you lost a couple of players here and there due to having to yeah, get jobs um, proper, but. I would say that the whole entire production came very naturally just with like happenings in life and stuff. Like, I feel like we, um, I feel like with like lineup changes and stuff, it's always like a weird thing to gauge. And I feel like we definitely were able to make do with it, especially with like writing songs because that we kept trying to, um, we, we kept trying to just make do with what we had in front of us. And the fact that, and I think the fact that we um we just kept like practicing and playing together and like like just kind of like slowly figuring out what we were gonna do is what made the most recent record feel like kind of like on top of it being like collaborative as I said earlier mm-hmm. I definitely feel like it also showed like how as a group we can like solve problems <laughs> and like <laughs> and like and like go through like he's like kind of like unsure times and it feels very good to have this out finally because it feels like a, it feels like a strong like rise above where we were at. And like, it feels like we were finally able to make something again that we're proud of. Mm. And the thing that, the thing that's been like the best is the fact that we can like, we can now like assess this record and do even better on the next one. Yeah, I I feel like again I was listening to a bunch of interviews that you had done previously and trying to read every bit of information I can and uh Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh I I feel like it was you mentioned somewhere that Teenage Halloween and this record was maybe one of the first times you were able to like listen back to your music with like a sense of pride beyond the like as a creator it's always weird to listen back to something you've made and been like oh like it 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 involves it in like kind of invokes that like kind of crawlies in the skin because you're like I did that like it's cool but like I still did that and it and it felt like you were talking and it did this this record and this band isn't doesn't do that for you as much. Um, I would say it does, but we just like the last record was like 
we've only we've only really had two like label releases and the last record I did not feel nearly as good about as I do for this one because that it was um it just feels so much more of like a a real collaboration mm. this time. It feels like a lot like we all did back then, but it just feels a lot better right now because of like it was there was just a lot more I think a lot more attention was paid to this um this release. I think we just have all evolved as like songwriters and musicians. So I feel like that's what that's what is like the appeal of this record for me. And like listening back to it felt great because it didn't like it didn't feel like I it didn't feel like I was like and just like putting something out like really fast. Like mm-hmm. it was not rushed at all. What was the kind of the time frame you wrote and recorded this record then? Had you sat on this for a bit or was this um Oh yeah, we sat on it for a year. Okay. No, probably a little less. Like six months. Um but no, no, six to eight months. But yeah, we we've been sitting on it for a while and like we wanted to put it out for so long, but obviously, um obviously it's just gonna be very wild like obviously it's just gonna be like very wild to like wait for your record to come out with your friends and just like be okay with that (laughs) yeah yeah i was wondering what it's like to put out uh, a record right now just because like you don't usually usually you put out your record and then you do all of like the hype you can do with playing shows and stuff like that and unfortunately due to the pandemic nobody can do that right now definitely yeah. Um I think that we um I think that like as a band working really hard with like with like still like advocating for social justice um we definitely had a hard time especially with like trying to gauge what to do with this pandemic, what to do with um the um like the B, like the BLM uprising being definitely to the forefront over like musicians releasing records cuz that felt the most like that feels much more important than just music. Um, it, it it definitely like has made putting this out more interesting, but we um we for sure would have had a lot more going on for this thing if we were um if like this wasn't like COVID America. Also, we had to push it a couple times, like pressing plants, like being late with like release. Um, we did. I, I would say we did the best we could with like the release like platform, especially as like a really small band. And like, we would have probably been, um, we would have probably been on a super duper long tour and stuff right now. And it actually was very good to just, um, I don't know. It was very good to sit back and like assess this record now. So when we go into the next one, it's, it's going to be a lot more thought out even than this. And we, we felt like this was very thought out, but like the fact that we got to sit during a release and just see how it's done has taught us a whole lot. And like, we weren't out and about playing shows. So we've been able to like see everything happen. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting, yeah. interesting way to be able to do that. Cause yeah, usually you put out the two, you put out the record, you're on tour, you don't get a chance to like, you maybe get to check in every now and again, see if like something was written about it or if someone talking about it. And then, hear... yeah, we're at our phones all day. Every day. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about the record a little bit just because like listening to it, um, it, it evokes a lot of feelings of being exhausted and trying to grasp on to something and maybe like come to terms with something. So I really wanted to talk about writing this record 
and obviously I don't want you to feel too pressured to dig in too deep because like reading through the liner notes, I don't know if you wrote it or if someone else wrote it, but like these songs deal with mental health and queer struggles and stand by your friends that are hurting and harm reduction is the key to safety. So can you talk to me about like that, that place you were coming from a little bit um, when writing some of these songs? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the liner notes, I wrote that because that, um, I was heavily struggling with addiction and mental health for a while. And the fact that I had any sense of community around me is why I'm still alive. And I wanted to kind of just state that, like state that like, if we can reduce the harm that we're all going through on a daily basis by being there for each other and being like open with each other, Mm -hmm. um, we will all be able to live a safer and more, um, like liberated existence. Cause one thing that I've, one thing that I've seriously gotten out of like seeing the news, like going through like quarantine stuff is that the, the most punk and anti-capitalist and anarchists and radical thing that you can do as a person is free yourself from your demons instead of relying on like someone else. And if we all do that as a group, we can definitely create a better society. Like if we can all just like keep an open door for each other, but um, not rely on each other, but like be an open, um, like keep open communication and stuff as a community. I don't know. I, I, this record has a lot of emotions in it. Um, I wrote it in a really not good place in my life. And the next record is written in a better place in my life, but cause I'm already writing the next record. Okay. And but yeah, this one was came from a place of like, what the hell am I gonna do? I just um, I I figured out a lot of shit, and now I have to start over. And the fact that there are other queer people I can talk to is something that I feel lucky that I have, and I hope other people can create networks like that for themselves. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's the way you talk about how you had, you were going through a lot really talks to like you mentioned like mm-hmm. the news and stuff like sweat and clarity and then yeah, a yeah. lot of those other a lot of the, like the other songs like like think of stationary and holes like they just they they pop to almost snapshots of thoughts as they kind of come to you yeah i would say that yeah definitely i i would think um i would think about something i'd be upset about something um I usually write things during like really like really intense emotions that I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that definitely makes, um definitely makes our band what it is because um, a coping mechanism I've made is to write down my thoughts and ideas when I'm like at these points where I could be doing a lot worse to myself. Um, and yeah, no, I kind of conglomerate a lot of those thoughts that I put like my phone notes and stuff. And I turn them into songs. Okay. Uh, what is it like performing these songs live? Is it is it a bit of catharsis for you, or do you have had times yeah. have certain struggles, like uh, struggles coming to these moments that are like super personal to you? And while well, you've you've turned them into these like we'll say quote unquote fun songs to like like hang like listen to with like like as an audience member with your friends, like for the performer on stage, I've always wondered what it's like from their end yeah yeah um i would say that it definitely is cathartic for me and i do feel bad sometimes 
but I try and make the way that I go about playing in this band just rock as hard as I can and try not to think about the emotions in the song and think about like the moment itself. Like I I like to I like to have the idea in front of me that like I'm past what I'm dealing with and now I'm like trying to just share it. Mm. Like I'm trying to like like I try and make it feel like it's like um I'm moving past it by performing. Yeah, it's almost like the the song is no longer like the like the content is yours, but it's almost it's no longer yours at that point. You've kind of passed it along, kind of to the public at large. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels that way for sure. Um, we're we're working very hard on making songs that are like relatable but fun, and the goal for sure is to create like a like an environment with our band where like people can like kind of hear a song and be like, oh, I feel that way kind of too. Mm. Um, you worked with um, Evan Bernard on this record, which I, I, I keep I, I keep referencing back to things I've heard or read, but you, you've referred to Evan as your producer of sorts, and I know, or at least, yeah, yeah. At least working, you've worked with the, uh, Evan on Magical uh, Ghrelin, the last Magic Ghrelin oh. release. Um, what about working with Evan kind of keeps you coming back for projects? Um, Evan just knows how I think. <laughs> um, me and Evan me and Evan will be playing on records and like like recording and stuff and it just very naturally comes and like working with him feels good because it's like okay where I'm working with one of my close friends that also has great tones on his records makes makes a lot of his bands that he records sound great and I can like throw ideas back and forth with him and he helps me finish the songs mm. Yeah, no, it's great because we um we're able to like flesh them out like even more with Evan because Evan kind of Evan's played in the band a little bit too like has filled in and like played shows with us too so like he knows exactly how I write he ju- we just have like such an understanding. Yeah, it's it's super nice to have that in because he played a couple of parts on the record, right? Yeah, yeah, he played um he played guitar on Summer Money. Okay. And he played tambourine on the other song. <laughs> nice. Um uh the saxophone on the record was run through a pedal board, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um Hakeem Sax is fully through a pedal board with like delay and like reverb and um Evan through like post production effects on it too. Like we tried to make the sax sound like a sax but also have like that guitar punch to it too okay. like we really wanted to make them we wanted to make like Hakeem sax playing on top of being like jazzy and great like also feel like feel very rocking like mm. like another string and stuff gotcha I was because I was wondering where that idea came from because it's always interesting when non-traditional like instrument or traditional instruments are are used in a non-traditional way like running through is like effects yeah yeah i'm a i'm a noise musician too on the side like i play noise shows and um i do like i i play like um like a bunch of like pedals through like different instruments and like i i like have like these solo sets where i make like feedback loops and stuff so i'm all about that like i think that and so is hakeem who plays sax for us also has like noise stuff that they write and we um we both always love toying with the idea of like layering effects on things and like mm. 
not like like trying like doing shoegaze things, but not being a shoegaze band. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like trying to like trying to like have like these punchy big parts, but not like being a guitar band. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I, I don't know if I saw it on Twitter, but I saw a picture of your your noise pedal board, and I was <laughs> I was very jealous as someone who loves pedals, and I was like, oh, there's so many fun toys. Yeah, I um I actually am a really obsessive bad gear nerd. Like that's like a that's like a um a side thing that I I collect and play with here all the time. Okay, and. And I have like, I have like thirty pedals right now. So I've been like, and and like I sell them sometimes, so I can buy new ones and stuff like that. And I um, like I like my noise stuff is like pretty much just also like my gear, like my gear needs in one project. Like it's like just kind of like flexing gear. <laughs> <laughs> what's that? What's that? It's fun though. Yeah, what's that piece of like? What's that pedal you're you're looking for right now? Do you have one? I know everybody's kind of got that like that that thing they want in the back of their brain, but it's just out of reach. Um, I would say, um, I'm actually like my goal right now is I'm trying to get another bass. Okay. And I've been saving up for it, and I'm like almost there because I, I I found I became friends with someone on Facebook Marketplace. That's a um, that's like a selling a Gibson bass. Okay. And um, and he let me pay him throughout the year, random little sums until I made it. Oh, that's sick. So, so and he's great. Like, like I, I don't know him at all. I never met him in person. But he was like, he like gives me updates on it and stuff. <laughs> and it's like this this really funny little situation where I like will send him twenties all the time. Yeah. What 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 yeah, kind? Yeah, no, it's it's fun. What kind of Gibson bass are you are you paying off on layaway, as you will? It's the EB two thousand thirteen. Okay, is it's that like it's like a it looks kind of like an RD artist, but it's like smaller. Gotcha, that's sick. Because I've been like the John N whistle kind of thing. Yeah, because I've been eyeing. I can't remember who I saw before quarantine hit, but I saw someone playing either a ripper or a grabber, and I was like, Oh yeah, I want no, that so insane. bad. Those are insane. I just like, I want one really bad, but like, I just, I, I'm lately like on some, like, I don't think you should, for me, I'm more into pedals and effects and different things. I don't believe in paying more than a thousand dollars for a guitar. Yeah. That's just me. Like, I'd rather have more guitars in different tunings with different mods and settings Mm -hmm. than have like one expensive guitar. Like, I'd rather have like, a bunch of like five hundred dollar guitars, like like three of those, instead of like a really in like intense Gibson or Reverend guitar. I just kind of like, I just think my thing now is like just like messing with effects and amps for sure. Yeah. Uh, since you mentioned alternate tunings, do you play in a lot of alternate tunings on the Teenage Halloween record, or is that all pretty much nope. one? <laughs> all standard. <laughs> Okay. All standard. And um I recorded that record with a Tender Telecaster through a Marshall JCM. Oh nice. It's like the Yeah, I um Evan has a Marshall JCM eight hundred, like the tube head. Yeah. And then um I also did some some of the songs through a music man head that was at the studio. 
that I really like, like one of those old Music Man. Yeah, like the um, like the HD fifty or like the Ty Siegel amp, essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of those. They're like they're they're really nice. They're really old. They're like nineteen seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, I but yeah, those those were the tones that I got on this record. It was just the Kelly through those. Sick, yeah. The, like the the I love the guitars on the record. So that's cool. Um, where where did the alternate tunings then come in for you? Not to not to get too much into the weeds here on the guitar talk, oh, but so, I, I if I can talk guitar with somebody, I am always always down to do it. So actually, I've been um been toying with um I've been recording my own like kind of like doomy stuff. Oh, and it's just kind of like some quarantine stuff. But like the alternate tunings that I'm doing right now are just the one that I really like is three strings in D and three strings in A. Okay, so it's the first two. First two like first two strings in a drop D tuning, but like just like a full guitar, just D and A. That's sick. Um, where I do like where I fully bar when I play, like full on. So it's just like a one note, but it's like booming through like an amp. Yeah. And a- I just got just got a sun amp, so I put it through. Um, I I put it through like a um. I have like an old TV cab, and like I've been trying to like play play like that like just really loud through my sun amp oh that's sick it's it's essentially just the just like uber drop d yep <laughs> i do no, it's great it, it, it feels good it's i made that up okay yeah it, it sounds like i used to do something with a mandolin where it was uh different tunings of d and then an a across the strings like i saw some like yeah some artist, uh, the artist Rain Wolf, who was this Canadian like blues musician who do like. Oh yeah, that person is sick. Yeah, and so I got to see him play in the in like one of the tiny bars in Minneapolis like forever ago, and he would tune. His, yeah, I, yeah. I figured out his mandolin was tuned to that, so it's like run that through a big muff into like a Fender combo amp, and you have money. Yeah, I actually was um one new thing I was thinking about is like, um, how it would feel to how I would feel to tune my guitar backwards and see how that is. Like, <laughs> like, um, like I'm saying like E, B, um, all that shit. But yeah. Like, but like from the low to high. Hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to try that. Too. Like that's like mandolin vibes where it's backwards. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. You can message me about this shit. I'll talk about it for hours. I just feel like it's like, it could, it could definitely demolish this podcast. Oh, absolutely, could, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we are coming to the last few questions here on cool. the interview. Um, so I, I wanted to know what have you been listening to over quarantine to kind of keep yourself sane? Have you been managing to keep up with all the music that's coming out or keeping up with old stuff? Um, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been keeping up actually. I um, I really like Bartiz's stuff. Um. That's been all over the internet. Bartiz Strange. Oh, yep. Um, and that that is amazing stuff. Also, um, I've been listening to They Are Gutting a Body of Water. Um, I've been listening to this um this noise artist, KPG. I love the new Nice record. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um uh, I've been trying to keep up with all that stuff. Yeah, I I'm listening to as much DIY music as possible, like the new Bad Moves record. Mm-hmm. Um the new um just like um, as much new stuff as i can find that new dog leg record actually that's a really good one yes absolutely i loved the uh, 
love the music video they did for is it cow the one that was clerks themed with the yeah yeah that was sick um and then finally here where can people connect with teenage halloween online anywhere all streaming sites on um um the only thing i that we don't have is a youtube account gotcha well thank you luke so much for taking the time to sit down and talk to me here on this uh tuesday evening (laughs) hell yeah no problem (laughs) the ear coffee podcast is a companion to the blog of the same name if you like this episode please leave us a rate and review so we can stand out among the other music podcasts you can follow us at twitter facebook and instagram at ear coffee thank you for listening we'll see you next time (laughs)